Hello everyone, you are listening to Black Adoptees Identities. I am your host, Christelle Pellicure, and I am a coach and a multidisciplinary creative. Please join me to explore what identity means for adult adoptees and how they form their identity for their own adoption journey. In this podcast, you will hear a variety of views from adult adoptees about their own experience of adoption and how adoption has impacted them and what lessons they have learned along the way. Please note that the guests have been courageous in sharing their stories and some of the content and subject matters can be emotionally challenging and distressing for some individuals. Please use your own judgment whether to continue to listen or not and do look after yourself. And if you are affected by some of the issues discussed, please seek appropriate support and help. In this episode, I am in conversation with Annalisa Tokara-Jones, a freelance journalist and PhD researcher at the University of Sheffield in the UK. We discussed what it means to be black and what her identity as an adopted person of a mixed heritage and adopted by a black couple. We talk about the business of adoption and how our view about adoption has changed. And finally, she shared about her academic research around adoption. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Black Adoptees Identity. I'm Crystal Pellicure, your host. And today we've got a, a very special guest right from the UK joining us, Annalisa Togara-Jones. Annalisa, pronoun she, her, is an award-winning cultural producer, freelance journalist, and doctoral researcher completing a full-time PhD in the journalism department at the University of Sheffield. Her work as a PhD researcher tackles and deconstructs the effect of the global adoption system on societal narrative and public communication, exploring racial disparity, trauma-informed approaches to child welfare, and the lifelong aspect of adoption. Annalisa's research interests include race, gender, structural inequalities, adoption narratives, and digital communication. Uh, Annalisa, welcome. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be on the podcast. Well, I'm really excited to uh, to speak to you because I see your name everywhere in the UK uh, on the adoption space. So I'm really excited to uh, to have this conversation. So let's let's dive in. Uh, who are you? Tell us a little bit more about uh, your background and your adoption story. Yeah, so I am, yeah, Annalisa. Um, I'm a writer, I'm a doctoral researcher in journalism, um, and I'm adopted. Um, so I was adopted from a very young age. Uh, I was placed with my adoptive parents um, around the age of one, and then I was uh, adopted at the age of four. Um, and prior to like my first year, I was in foster care. Um, so that's kind of a bit about kind of, yeah, I guess my story. Um, I've been on a journey of adoption show or understanding my adoption experience for the last couple of years um, and not necessarily realizing uh, that a lot of the things that I've struggled in with through my life 
were are related to adoption um and so that kind of recently came out in the last say two years since uh having a therapist but prior to that um I struggled with so many things and yeah only until I met my therapist was I like oh my gosh that was to do with adoption um and I've also got a sister who's adopted as well and we've got different kind of experiences of adoption within our own family I think that's that's a very common issue that adoptee, I mean, from talking to everybody I've had a conversation with uh, who are adopted, a lot of people don't realize that some of the issues they are facing is actually linked to adoption. We just assume, oh, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> um, but a lot of it is to do with our own adoption. So you're mentioning therapy is helping. Have you had any other way of navigating your adoption story on top of therapy? Yeah, so I think for me, kind of understanding a lot about who I am came from actually social media. Um, So I started talking about my adoption experience journey on social media, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, and kind of stumbled across like a community of adoptees um, or communities, shall we say, of adoptees. And through kind of sharing my own experience and then listening and reading the words of other adoptees that helped me understand that I'm not alone in like what I'm struggling. And so I think that that combined with therapy has been really, really useful for me to kind of understand like my own adoption experience but then where adoption sits within kind of the system systematic kind of the systematic within the rest of like the global world and kind of the systems that impact on and are involved in adoption as well so I think hand in hand those have been really useful um and then I I write a lot so I've got a lot of my kind of my what my story down on paper which again has really helped me kind of understand who I am and like who I am as an adoptee as well and um you do a lot of work with well black uh black life matters you you are involved well you set up or you, you started the one in uh Sheffield is that right yeah um yeah. so is that also part of you finding out about your identity getting into the black community space at that help of your formation of your own identity as a black woman yeah, a hundred percent. Um, so I've grown up in a family um with two black Jamaican parents. Um, so I'm mixed race. My uh, biological mum was white, and uh, my dad was Jamaican. And so when I was placed for adoption, my biological dad he requested that I was placed with Jamaican parents, and amazingly I was, which is very rare and doesn't tend to happen. Like honoring birth parents requests um but I was placed with two Jamaican parents and so they kind of taught me a lot about my history and my identity as being kind of Jamaican um but also um even though I'm mixed race my mum would say to me your skin color is is black like you're going to be seen as a black woman um you're a black or at the time I was like a child so she was like you're a black child um and so she would like teach me about kind of race and teach me about like identity in that aspect which helped a lot because I've never struggled with certain kind of issues that other mixed race people might experience or struggle with I've always just seen my identity as I'm black and I'm mixed race um and then when I I live in Sheffield and when I moved to Sheffield and started kind of meeting other 
yeah other people kind of doing similar work so I work in the kind of art space and a lot of the people that I'm meeting are from global majority backgrounds and I've grown up in a white neighborhood um so kind of chatting to and mixing with other people from the same uh heritage as me yeah opened up a whole new kind of aspect on the identity because because I'm from a white kind of neighborhood and then I got into Black Lives Matter literally it was 2016 and it was all the shootings that happened that year and um I somebody in the Sheffield community just posted that they wanted to organize a march does anybody want to organize it with them and I said yes so there was a group of us there was about five of us who were the organizers of the Sheffield Black Lives Matter march in 2016 um and that was really the first time where I was like yes I'm black and I'm proud of being black and like screaming it from the rooftops in the center of town it was brilliant um and we had over a thousand people come to that march um and then obviously that was the year when things kind of exploded across the UK in terms of Black Lives Matter. There was the shutdowns at the airports and that connected me into kind of the wider community of Black Lives Matter. So in the UK, but also globally. So I met lots of activists and um, yeah, was just kind of in the scene in the activism space. And then through creating the Sheffield Black Lives Matter march, I then set up my own social enterprise, which was called Armel. So that was our is in uh, or our, our um, I can't say it because I'm from the south. Um, but in Sheffield, you tend to say like our Tom or our our Jack or something like that. So it was keeping the Sheffield, the Yorkshire slang, and then Mel was short for melanin um, because we've all got melanin inside of us. So um, our phrase was like our Mel, your Mel, my Mel. Um, and we, so my organization explored black history, identity and culture and what that looks like in the UK today. So through that, we put on festival, I put on an arts and cultural festival. Um, I've put on black women's meetup sessions. I've done lots of kind of um, poetry nights, uh, open mics, uh, discussions hosted or book authors so yeah and all of that was from kind of um looking at kind of identity and so because I was kind of putting on these events that caused me to start thinking about my own identity um not just as being a black woman but also as an adoptee like what did the two intersections what what does that mean like being black and adopted um and are there other people like me so yeah it was through black lives matter that started like this whole journey really for me on my adoptee identity because prior to that I hadn't really questioned anything about being adopted um I was I guess what you would call a compliant adoptee I was very much like oh adoption's great and I at one point wanted to adopt that has been my lifetime dream was to adopt um and I never wanted my own children um like to as in birth naturally I was always very much like no I'm gonna adopt I'm gonna adopt and so I would look like in partners I would ask men, do you want to adopt? And if they didn't want to adopt, I wouldn't be with them. Um, and so, yeah, through creating Black Lives Matter, uh, the Sheffield March, and then just my own organisation looking at identity, that caused me to think a lot about, yeah, who I am as an adoptee and and what, what does that mean? Have you changed your mind about adoption then? Have you, have you got a different view now? 
Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, I it was probably about two thousand and twenty twenty one um where I it, like I said like started engaging a lot on Twitter about uh being adopted and I remember seeing tweets um talking about kind of adoption as this business as this industry where money is exchanged hands like I had no idea prior to this that uh children were still being bought and sold in America I had no idea and so for for adoption and so the more I kind of thought about it the more I looked into it I was like oh wow like money is like this adoption is really built on systems and money is being involved in this and this doesn't sound right and then I started to look at kind of the UK and then um yeah just think about how adoption is positioned in the UK and then I the more I researched it the more I was like oh this doesn't sit okay with me I'm actually not okay with adoption um and and again thinking about like how children are placed in the care system and then kind of adopted out of the care system but actually like if they just if their biological families just had a little bit of help to support them in order to um like to support them into in motherhood fatherhood um then they would be able to keep their kids so the more I thought about the ethics that were involved in adoption the more I was like no this doesn't sound okay I'm not okay with this and so yeah I've changed my mind massively so for me adoption is not a thing anymore <laughs> it's not something that I encourage myself I wouldn't encourage anyone to adopt um I'm very happy when someone says to me um oh I've seen your tweets and actually that's made me think a bit more about adoption and now I don't want to adopt and I'm like great good good because um it's it's a very unethical dirty business so yeah I have 100% changed my mind on that yes and I think that the thing about adoption that not everybody knows that there is some darkness underneath all of this and like you say it is a business and I've seen some some documentary I mean especially in America where when a family doesn't want a child anymore they have this open meeting where family exchange children and even teenagers they like parade them in um it's almost like the the child have to do like a fashion show so they're parading in this hall and sh- like trying to to sell themselves to a new family it was just heartbreaking to to see and i mean in the uk we had i think it was last year where there's a tv presenter who had a difficult adopted a difficult child and bless the child not of his fault because he had all sorts of trauma so he was not behaving but this tv presenter couldn't cope anymore and she wanted to give him back like if it was a handbag she bought at the the shop and returned the goods because it's not to a test so it's definitely there's a lot going on that it's not talk about every day and I feel like these are the thing we should talk about okay the good thing but also the the dark side of adoption I think it should be very open what exactly the business is about yeah because I think it's adoption's nuanced I think that um it's very easy and I think we tend to fall into the trap of kind of saying adoption's good adoption's bad the positives negatives but actually adoption is nuanced and so there can be many things that intertwine with adoption so I always look at it as an and rather than an either or 
um I think but in the case of kind of is adoption a business yes it is um because there's proof there's proof about like the the money being extra even in the UK when you've got private foster care that's like funneling all this money in and when you've got the government um saying that adoption cut uh, cuts costs you know everything is about money um and for every child placed in the UK um, the adoption agency receives, uh, sorry, the, the government gives the adoption agency some money for it. So, yeah, I think it's um, very unethical. Okay, let's go back and tell them of identity. So you say you were adopted by a Jamaican family, but you've, you are from dual heritage. Because most of, most of us has been black adopted into a white family it's very obvious that we're not part of that family. But in your case, it's the same as well because you are lighter skinned than your adoptive parents. So how did people react seeing that a two black couple had a mixed race child? How did they react uh, when you were growing up uh, seeing around with that family? Um, so I think I have, for the most majority of my life, been very oblivious to the fact that I have two dark skinned parents and I'm mixed race. Um, I've never, there's only one time where I've actually had an incident with my pet, with my fam parents, you know, like as in how somebody's reacted to us, but, and maybe it has happened before. I have just never seen it. And I'm probably because I was never even looking for it or I don't know, but I, it has never happened to me as a child growing up, as far as I know. Um, but when I was around 20, I want to say 27, 28, um, I went to my uh, mum's church, my mum and dad's church for Chris for a Christmas event. And um, when I was there, this my mum introduced me to one of her friends and um, she went, oh, this is my daughter. And then this woman looked me up and down and like looked back at my mum looked back at me and was like that's your daughter and my mum was like yeah that's that's my daughter but it was very awkward and I really wanted to say at that point I'm adopted <laughs> because it was very clear this woman was like trying to put the two and two together because my dad is very dark-skinned my mum was also very dark-skinned so it was like how how is this child yours um and I felt very awkward in that moment because I knew, so I didn't say that I was adopted because I knew if I said that it would make my mum even more uncomfortable. And so even though I, like it was on the slip of my tongue to say, oh, I'm adopted to kind of, for her to understand, but my mum was visibly uncomfortable. So I just didn't say it. But that has been the only kind of experience that I can bring to recollection um, where it's kind of been obvious that it's, that it's, different you know I I just think because my parents are so like they just very ingrained in me from a very young age that I was black so I never really like even like I know that the skin color is different but for me I just never had like it was never an issue if that makes sense or I'd never seen people react to me because I was just like yeah I'm black <laughs> it was only really when I moved to Sheffield when um people because Sheffield's very multicultural and um there's very high kind of percentage of the population here are mixed race um and it was only moving here um when I was like oh yeah I'm not I'm not like uh dark skin black I am mixed race so it was a really like uh, interesting experience to me that <laughs> tell us about the work you're doing with uh adoptive speech how did that started and what do you do there 
Yeah, so Adoptee Futures started um, because I had been on Twitter talking about my adoption experience. And then um, I there was uh, somebody who was tweeting, Shania, who was tweeting. And I sent her a message and I said, hi, uh, love what you're doing. Um, would be great to chat sometime. Um, and then we happened to both be in uh, a space on Clubhouse. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it was an app that was really popular during the lockdown uh, in 2020. And so Shania and I were one of the only UK adoptees in these spaces. And it was predominantly like American adoptees. And um, she... And and so we got talking and so afterwards we kind of were like, oh, let's do something. And then the idea for, I created the name and then the idea for the uh, organization happened. And so, um, yeah, we just set up the website. We went with our, I think that was in the February of 2021. Um, and then we had our first event in May. So that was kind of um, our introduction as to Adoptee Futures and we had a panel event as part of Festival of Debate, which is a festival in Sheffield. And we looked at the myths and the truths of adoption, um, which was absolutely like it was brilliant. Um, and we had a lot of attendance online. I think we had like 153 people joined online and stayed online the whole event. It was it was beautiful. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how we started. So we are a mental health organization that supports adult adoptees. Um, we run workshops, we run events, we run support groups. Um, that's kind of what we we do as as Adoptee Futures. Yeah, I've attended one of your, I think it was a writing workshop you did online uh, a while ago. And are you uh, linked to the University of Sheffield? So my, I'm a PhD researcher at the University of Sheffield. It's really good, actually, because there's more and more university involved in research around adoption at the moment, because I, I know at the University of Exeter, uh, some of the students there doing a project uh, I saw a couple of weeks ago, one of the universities in London were, were looking for a postdoc to do some research around adoption as well. So there is uh, more and more uh, people doing research in that area at the moment. So it's good to see the interest. I think yeah. it's a really um, big subject. It's a very popular subject, I think, because at the moment, because there hasn't been really that much focus in terms of adoption research lifelong. And so I think that in terms of, yeah, researching and researchers, like we need this research. And so I think that, um, yeah, a lot more researchers are kind of picking it up and like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Um, so it is a really exciting time actually for research. And I I think that um, it will help. I think it will help aid us as adoptees to kind of understand more about ourselves and kind of yeah adoption lifelong yeah I think academically there is not that much research especially in, in Europe I mean there's people have written books outside academia but in terms of research right it's not that widely uh, studied so it's yeah very welcome yeah so what's next for you well, I just, um, so I'm, like I said, I'm doing a PhD research at the moment. So I am researching um, the lives and narratives of adoptees in the UK through social media. So kind of looking at how as adoptees, we talk about our adoption experiences, um, why we use social media to share our adoption experiences, but also how our identities shift and change through our lives as, as adoptees. Um, and 
how we kind of yeah how our identities form but how they may be different to as an adult to as a to a child so that's what's next really for me um I I literally just this this morning passed my first year of my PhD so I had to do a presentation which was very scary um I was like very sick and nervous beforehand and I had to present my research to the rest of the department which was a really lovely experience because I think as um I think because as, as society is kind of gaslit adoptees with their experiences so we're told so much through the narratives through the media through news about how great adoption is but then we've not had a chance to actually ex- like explain like actually no it's it's slightly different it's not as great as what adoption is it's ac- uh, sorry as society tells us it's actually trauma it's it's grief it's loss you know and so I had to talk about I spoke about all of this in my presentation today and it was really nice to be able to share that with academics and then academics also be interested in my work um so yeah I passed with minor corrections so I can start the actual researching side soon so that is what's next for me Congratulations. Oh, that's uh, amazing. That's uh, that's really good to hear. And I'm sure you will do fine for the rest of the um, the, the research. And Thank you. We, we will look forward to see what happened to your research and the outcome of it. So you need to make sure that you share with everybody uh, when that's the time comes. So to finish our conversation, I always ask my guests one the same question all the time, which is, if you had to give uh, an advice to your younger self or to a young adoptee, what would you tell them? I would tell them to trust in your gut and believe in yourself and that the feelings that you are experiencing, they're perfectly fine and normal to experience and that you're not alone. That is what I would say. Very good advice. Thank you very much. And where can people follow you? Um, I know you've got different space online, so tell us. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at Annalisa Anna Takara, or on Instagram, which is Annalisa Takara Jones. Okay, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your time and um, keep in touch. Um, I want to see more of what you're doing because it's it's really amazing that all the work you're doing in the adoption space. So thank you for all your contribution. Thank you. And thanks for inviting me on as well. Oh, pleasure. This is Christelle Pellecure and you have been listening to Black Adoptees Identities, where Black adult adoptees share their stories. Please do share and subscribe to our podcast and do stay connected with us by following us on Instagram at Black Adoptees Identities. Thank you for listening to this week's episode and until next time, goodbye.